Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Management Decisions, a podcast designed to break down a variety of topics that affect employers and upper management. Recruiting talent, obviously, well, that's an important area to examine. And we're going to look at the processes for organizations that can help facilitate continued success. And joining the program to discuss this topic is Kevin Mason. He's the manager of business development for Genesis HR Solutions. Kevin, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, no problem, Tim. Thank you for having me. Well, I think the first question that people often think about when they hear about a topic like this is simply, what is recruiting? How, how do you define recruiting specifically? I think uh, recruiting for me is a is very much a process, and it you know it, it starts with identifying um, what the most important roles are um, in your organization, as well as what the, the traits are that you'd be looking for for the the folks to fill those roles. And then having a good, you know, job description, candidate profile. There's a lot of work that goes into the recruiting before you ever reach out to potential candidates. And I think it's very important for an organization to have that side of things really straightened out so that when they do finally reach out to folks as potential recruits, that they've they've got a good handle on what they're looking for. Um, and then the actual process you would enter into is, is it can be, it can take, weeks or it could take sometimes years depending on the position and depending on the needs of your individual organization. But I think being organized about it from the get-go is really important. Now, do you think a lot has changed in the last, say, five, ten years in terms of recruiting and finding that talent, just based on your experience, maybe things you've seen and heard? Yes, absolutely. I think the biggest change is social media mm-hmm. and one of the one of the biggest being LinkedIn in particular. I think LinkedIn has been embraced very much by the recruiting community as you know as a as a whole but i think individual managers within a company that have to recruit on their own can can really take advantage of of linkedin sometimes twitter facebook all the different social media sites now we're going to get into some of those uh, tips and ideas that you talked about uh you know ways to keep that process going as you mentioned when it comes to recruiting i do want to ask quickly though when it comes to social media obviously that's helped you know, a little bit in terms of recruiting and change the way it's done, as you mentioned, does that open it up for maybe some more mistakes or some laziness because there is so much information sort of out there at the radio? What's your take on that? Well, I, I do think it's important to be diverse in your sources of candidates. And, you know, LinkedIn can be a very easy tool to use. And I guess what you may be hinting at is if you only used LinkedIn, sure. you could be missing out on some good candidates because not everybody is you know, active on LinkedIn, depending on the positions you're hiring for. Salespeople, for instance, tend to be heavy utilizers of LinkedIn, but maybe accounting professionals might not be. So I do think it's important to have some more traditional means, whether it be job postings, career fairs, even industry networking events that you could attend and, and meet potential candidates. Well, if we talk about some of the, the important keys that you would focus on, uh, you mentioned, of course, again, this process for recruiting to make sure it's ongoing and uh, really to make sure that you're hitting on all the areas that you find important. One of the points you brought up was to identify those most important positions. Is that, to you, the first step, the biggest step, or, or why do you see it as just so important in terms of this process? I think it is. My my career has been spent mostly in small to mid-sized businesses, and I think that has somewhat formed that opinion for me. With small businesses in particular, there are always those key employees who, you know, that, that know all the little secrets, you know, if all the simple processes that have to be done right. within a small business. 
I think a lot of us have had that experience where something comes up and just because, you know, John Smith or Sally Smith is on vacation, nobody else in the office knows what to do to handle that situation, whether it's, you know, something simple like the copier breaks down or the phone system goes down. There, you know, there's a lot of examples of those in a small business that one or two key people have the answers for all the processes that have to happen in that business. In those cases, it's critical to have, um, you know, people in the pipeline to replace them if it was, you know, unfortunately more than just a vacation, but if they, you know, left to go to another employer or right. something like that. So if that were to happen, somebody does leave, I mean, is there a, a I mean, would you say there should be a quick process to get someone else up to speed if you didn't properly handle it ahead of time? Or how do you manage if you do kind of get stuck in that situation? Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's the, the recruiting is a huge part of it and having a, you know, uh, some people already identified potentially in your organization, but even more importantly, outside the organization that mm-hmm. have a similar skill set that could step in is also a, another part of that is to make sure that people are putting down in writing somewhere how these processes have to happen in, in case they did leave. But the having somebody ready to step in those shoes is, you know, can be the, the difference between success and failure in a business. Now, again, this is something that you've written about. And obviously, as you've talked about, you have experience. And I thought another point that you had brought up it was very intriguing to me was to identify the people who are most likely to be recruited away. Explain yes. that strategy a little bit to me. Sure. Well, again, with the way recruiting is done today, with the social media, with every other avenue that's, that's out there, it's very easy for other organizations or recruiters to be in contact with your key employees. And I think the, it's really important to know who is going to be most attractive to those recruiters or those other organizations. And a lot of times it'll be people with uh, special skills that mm-hmm. are hard to find. So if, if you know yourself which positions you've had the hardest time finding qualified candidates for, that's a good hint as to who might be targeted by other competing organizations. So is this something then where you have a, a database of individuals, sort of a, you know, in case of emergency break glass idea, or how do you set that up to make sure you have, as you mentioned, kind of that pipeline coming in? I, I do myself. I've, I'm mostly on the business development, marketing, and sales side. Okay. So I'm, in con- I'm constantly in contact with potential candidates, and it's not so much an active recruiting where they're, you know, coming in for interviews and that type of thing, but more keeping tabs on people, connecting with people at networking events, you know, monitoring their social media and commenting on things that they post about or sending them an email every once in a while just to keep in touch and see how things are going, um, congratulating them on things that you might see, and just having a a relationship with people so that, um, you know, if they begin to look for a job, you would know about it. And Mm -hmm. if you had a position open up that they were fit for, you could easily get that information to them. So when you're going through a process like this, you're, you're you know, sort of picking out those important positions or looking at the people that could be recruited away, are you getting a feel, getting a gauge from those individuals like, hey, what are the biggest roles in your position? What is valuable to know? I mean, are you sort of getting a sense of what goes on in the day-to-day to make sure you understand, you know, if that were to happen, where you need to go? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's very important for you to be fully engaged with the folks on your team and to know, you know, what what is important for them in their in their success. Um, so that you, you it can also give you some indications if people aren't as happy or if people could be at risk that you know could be looking at other opportunities. You you could see certain you know key indicators of 
maybe their activity levels are declining or, mm. or things are changing with their day-to-day activity. Sometimes you can get a hint as, you know, something might be something might be going on behind the scenes. When you uh, maybe say you talk about being engaged, of course, and you know more maybe a casual manner, but keeping tabs on some of the individuals, is there ever any concern that that would raise a flag for current employees? Maybe they see something you posted, or or they get word of you know, hey, you know, John is talking with this person from a, a competitor. Is there ever any concern that that could incite some sort of worry or panic within the organization? I think there is a risk there. Uh, if it's handled correctly, I think it can be a healthy thing. Okay. You know, I've been with I've been with companies where we posted a position that was full, and the employee mm. saw that it was posted. They came to management and asked about it, and it opened a really good dialogue about why that position was open. In this case, it turned out we posted the position because we were afraid this person was, was leaving. <laughs> and then turned, it turned out after conversation that, no, that you know, they weren't looking to leave, but they had some things going on in their personal life that were, was affecting their, their work. Okay. And we were able to work through it and save a very valuable employee. Sure. So in some cases, it forces the issue a bit and um, gets people you know, sort of on their toes and wondering, you know, if this position is open and it's my position, what does that really mean? So if it's handled correctly, I think it can be healthy, but there certainly is a risk that you could scare some employees with it. That is, that is an interesting point that you bring up there, because I would say, you know, for myself, I'm the only one that has the, this title of radio program coordinator. So if I saw it up there, I, I think I would have freaked out a little bit, too. So I, I understand yeah, where that yeah, person's coming from. Yeah, you feel nervous. <laughs> yeah. Another intriguing aspect of what you talked about with keeping the process going was the idea of, of internships and having an intern program. Because a lot of times when we talk about internships, we're speaking to the job seekers out there, the, you know, the kids coming out of college, to make sure you do that, to get that experience. How is it beneficial coming from the business side, from the employer side? Well, I think we, we actively have in, interns here at Genesis today, and we've I've had them in the past and other employers. And the, the interns can they can be valuable in a number of ways. For one, it is inexpensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're typically paying not minimum wage, but you're not paying a huge amount to the interns. They're very hungry, typically, to learn and to work and to prove themselves. So you're going to get very engaged people um, who are really looking to make a name for themselves. They know how competitive the job market is when they graduate. And if, if they can make a good impression and maybe have a job secured before they graduate, that you know be great for them. And sometimes the ideas that they bring, they're, they're coming with a different perspective, the millennial generation that sometimes uh, gets a bad rap. <laughs> you know, we've we've learned some great things, especially on the sales and marketing side, from some of the interns coming in, and um, you know, you know, learning how to sell maybe to that next generation or how the next generation is going to handle certain things. So, we've learned a lot from our interns. We have found some great employees that we've been able to sort of test out um, without committing to full time jobs until we're comfortable and they're comfortable. Sure. It's, it's been a win. It's been a, a win win for us. Now, clearly, you've had a ton of experience in this area, and we used to have a show that was called Nobody's Perfect, and the idea was that you learn more from mistakes than you do from success. So I was curious if you were looking at you know the way things maybe have changed and evolved in the time you've been in the business, what would you point to as being the biggest mistake or two that recruiters make or that, or that companies make in terms of recruiting? Sure. I, I think one mistake that's made – and I've made this myself, and we we almost got burned in in one in one uh, spot with this is is falling in love with a candidate. Oh. Sometimes candidates can come in and they just 
for whatever reason, they just seem so perfect for what you're looking for and what their experience has been and how they present themselves. And if you you fall in love with that prospect or that candidate, sometimes you'll speed through the process. Maybe you don't do that third interview. Maybe you don't do the background check that you normally do. Um, you're just so eager to get that person in. But if you if you stick to your process and put mm-hmm. them through the same process that you put everybody else through, you know, sometimes that perfect candidate, some things can come up that, um, you know, they're not so perfect after all. And we came very close once to making a, a bad decision on a hire here. <laughs> yeah, I can see where that would happen. And, you know, I, I always like to relate things to sports. And I think that happens. Same kind of idea. You have that prospect, you have that person that looks great, and you just, you almost root for them to succeed. I, I mean, I can understand where that's coming from with uh, what you're talking about. On the flip side now, people might be listening, saying, you know, I, I love the points you're making, but I really don't know where to start. What would you offer up as a suggestion to really take that first step to starting this process or making sure that this pipeline at least starts to be created within an organization? Sure. Well, I think the the first thing is to identify the the critical positions in your company. I think it's it's very difficult to start a recruiting process for every position that you have. But if you can narrow it down to one, two, or three really important positions and then put together what I would call the ideal candidate profile. And and maybe it's looking at the person in that role in your organization, what their strengths are and why you think they've been so successful. And then putting together that ideal candidate profile, then then you can start out in the social media looking for those folks or just keep it in mind as you're at industry events, people that you meet and start, you know, spreading the word as to who you'd be looking for. Uh, but I think if you start with just a couple positions, that can be a good, you know, jumping off point and don't feel like you have to start recruiting for every position in your company right away. Sure. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this because we pretty much ask it to all of our HR professionals we speak with and other people in recruiting and, and areas like that. When you're looking at a candidate, or maybe you're creating this profile, do you put more of an emphasis on skills versus personality or fit? I mean, how do you balance that out? Because that seems like such a big thing that's talked about now is, is almost fit overtaking the idea of skill. For me, what's so, so important is the culture right. um, and the culture of our organization. And, and really, the skills are important. You certainly have to have a baseline of certain skills. You can't hire somebody who doesn't know how to do the position. But... I think more important and what would be sort of a tiebreaker if there were two candidates that, you know, skill-wise, you know, looked to be pretty similar is the culture. And it, it's hard to pinpoint what it is about people, but I think you can get a good sense if you go through the interview process, you meet with somebody, you know, three, sometimes four times and, you know, sort of picture how that person would interact with the other employees that you have because mm-hmm. the the most skilled person, if they come in and, and their personality clashes with everybody else, it's it's not going to be a good fit for anybody. So I, I think that culture and how they would fit in socially with the company is as important, if not more important, than the skills. It definitely echoes a lot of the things we, we do here. And as you mentioned, that baseline of skill set, but then going beyond you, as you talked about the culture and the fit. Uh, Kevin, you know, it has been a pleasure being able to talk about this. It's always a, a fascinating topic to discuss and the idea of hiring and finding that right fit for the company or for that specific position. We always like to give our guests the the final word here on our conversation, give the listeners a takeaway from what we've discussed. What would you like to mention? Maybe something we didn't touch on or or an area you'd like to emphasize as we look to wrap up the conversation today. 
Uh, I would say, you know, for anybody out there who hasn't engaged in the social media aspect and they're recruiting, just don't be afraid of the technology because once once you get on there and start getting comfortable, you know, the, the folks that are on there on LinkedIn, they're looking to network. So sometimes people feel funny about, you know, sending out a LinkedIn invitation to somebody and, you know, what if they don't want to be LinkedIn or on Facebook? And I think just dip your toe in the water and get out there and get comfortable and and uh, don't be intimidated by the technology that's available. All right, sounds good. That'll wrap it up for us on this edition of Management Decisions. Again, we've been speaking with Kevin Mason, the Manager of Business Development for Genesis HR Solutions. Kevin, thanks again for sharing your experience about the recruiting process. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you, Tim. And as always, we want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Just shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.